this guy, that guy, and this other guy in. We've seen that laser shot a few times already this year from Brock Besser. He's got himself a spring. Head up all the way, head up, head up, head up, big look, and then you can hear the ping, the shooter's ping. You can see that shot knocked down. Hendrick, attack for Daniel. Such a go, he scores! The Area 51 Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to this week's Area 51 Hockey Podcast with Nick, Sean, and Jess. How you boys doing today? Oh, I'm doing great. How about you? I'm not too bad, thanks. How about you, Sean? Uh, I don't know, man. It was it was another one of those days for me. It just felt really long. Like the first the first half of the day felt really. I mean, it was great. Like it was all training stuff for the most part. We had a bunch of learning stuff that we did at work today in the morning, and then. The afternoon was brutal, but after after that, it was nice did, just to be able to get home and unwind. Did you have to run up a hill? No, I I left my running shoes at home today, so that was good. I didn't have yeah, to deal, do any long-winded hikes across the entire city or anything like that, so that was good. That's good. That's good. <laughs> I, I, uh, I, I did have I a... Yesterday, I did have like a torrential downpour. <laughs> you did at work man. like that was the honestly i was i i had to go meet someone about two blocks away from work and i was talking to her on the cell phone and i could hear like it was almost like you know when you hear like rain on tin it's just so loud yeah. like and i'm like what is going on and she's like it's raining so hard here and i'm like no, it's not. It's I'm I'm like literally three blocks away from you, and it's sunshine, and then I could hear it coming, and <laughs> I got I got absolutely soaked in like fifteen seconds. Like it was crazy. The water was actually above the sidewalk and like pushing down the sidewalk into like the buildings. There was a bar in Gastown that there was water flowing down into the bar. It was just insane. Oh, I've no. never seen That's I've never good. seen water like that in in canada man like that was crazy wow crazy Jeez, we've had quite a bit of rain up here too but not just it's weird for kamloops i would yeah, say it's been a lot of rain not, for here but probably not but, not out of the ordinary yeah. for coast mind oh, you i got to see a wildfire lighting, start man. yeah yeah i watched a literal wildfire start up which was pretty crazy um no i watched the one out in valley view oh, okay um i was we were out visiting uh, my parents out there and they have this big uh, window that oversees the valley and we got a great view of the entire lightning storm which was awesome nice. and then we watched it just keep striking the mountain and it it lit a huge fire off so we we ended up calling uh calling it in to uh, the wildfire uh, reporting people i, I don't know <laughs> <laughs> the forestry <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> the people, the people if we didn't have a name for this episode stuff. already, that would have been it right there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, that was too good. But it was amazing. So, like, we had binoculars, not that we even needed them because the fire got so big that you could watch the, like, watch the flames flicker on the mountain. But it's pretty it was cool. pretty cool to watch. Yeah. So, as many of you have noticed, this week we've been teasing 
the title of this episode and it goes back to our wedding last week we didn't we wanted to prep some instruments and kind of tease it for a bit because this is a pretty funny story on how we party with coke miami right boys honestly oh, i was yeah my my jaw was on the floor the entire night because that was Kanyemi. Like it looked just like him. So spoiler and alert. I even it wasn't. What? No. <laughs> no. I, are, you sure? it was not. are you are you I'm sure? honestly not sure. I'm not Well, okay, I, like my wife has no idea who Kanyemi is and what he looks like, right? But uh, when we got home from the wedding, right? We got home from the wedding. And I looked up a picture of him, and I showed showed it to her, and she's like, "That's him, like that's who <laughs> we were just at we, the wedding we party with." <laughs> I was like, "I know, like, it was unbelievable." The only difference is the mole is in a different spot. Yes, that's it. That's <laughs> like, it. Like that's him. Mole, 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 mole. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty mint. <laughs> it was just crazy. Like the kid had a smile on his face the whole time too. And every single oh. interview you've ever seen with Kokniemi, his he's just has a smile on his face. It was weird. It it was yeah. Man, what a... eerie, almost. Honestly, what I don't even know what the dude's knowing? name like, was. Oh, this dude was, was a blast. Dude, yeah. what a hype man! Like <laughs> honestly, like I've never seen anyone just be so hyped to be like. It hit like ready to dance. It hit like twelve thirty, and the dude's got the tie around his head, and he's just like going to town on the dance floor still. This guy, like, didn't stop. Like, you know how sometimes people dance for a few songs and they stop and go drink and mingle? Like, I don't think this kid got off the dance floor. He didn't. Honestly, he didn't. No, I don't but think so, he did so I will say a big shout-out to Braden Hansen. The boy... That's his name? That's his name. I didn't big... even know it. <laughs> <laughs> I just knew him as Cockney of me. Yeah, exactly. I didn't the know what Well, I mean, I'm never going to call him Braden again, ever. No. No, his name's gonna be Jet, like never again. Yeah, forever. It was pretty good. We'll have to. We'll see if we can throw up a picture side by side for a comparison. But man, it it was crazy funny. Super. I was trying to get you to take a picture with him the whole night. I was trying to get to to take a a selfie with him, but he was just so nervous to do it. So. Braden, if you're listening to this podcast, I'm too nice of a guy. You I just, own Nick. I don't like going up for selfie. <laughs> yeah, I could probably he, post that on the Hab subreddit and like get my karma up instantly because everyone would be fooled to be honest. Oh yeah, Nick, you right? need to like, you need to grow that social like positivity, like confidence, and going. I do. do. That. I just don't know random people. But with my yeah. friends, I'm the biggest idiot, and I'm the first one to do something. So that's just how it's it true. is. You're dancing it up. Oh yeah. Oh, he, oh, hold on, hold on. Speaking of dancing, who who won some dance battle? What you Kukaniemi? went up against? Kukaniemi, <laughs> no, I, I thought you do the splits versus Kukaniemi in the dance circle. I was, I, I was, you beat Kukaniemi in a dance battle. I beat, I beat him in a dance. You did. Like, I wanted your reaction when I said he won. <laughs> I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> It was good. That it was, was good. Okay, we do need to get into some hockey talk, though. There's been quite a bit of talk going around this week, especially with the Canucks. Yeah. So let's start off with the news that's broken after the 31 thoughts and today with the Besser RFA news. It sounds like they are further apart than we anticipated. What do you guys think on and this? I personally, I understand the process of the media reporting that, but I, I don't believe that. 
I think that there's multiple multiple offers on the table, and Besser is taking ten days to two weeks to mull them over. See, for me, like I don't know, I I put a lot of credit in Elliot Friedman's reporting. Like I think he's a brilliant reporter. Um, well, everything me, he though, says like, is basically yeah, except anything to do with Vancouver. Yeah, he does. He does like to stoke Vancouver fire, and that's known. Yeah. But like, I I think maybe it's not as close as we thought it was, right? Like, maybe. there's a lot of people that are thinking, okay, money's already locked in. We know how much it is. It's just term. Maybe it's not yeah. that close. You know, even though I personally still feel that it's right about there. Maybe maybe they're still negotiating on a lot of stuff, but I I don't have any concerns that Besser will be at camp. Do you think that it's maybe uh, uh, year kind of like how Warinsky just happened, where it was like four, four, and seven? I do think that there'll be like if they do go the bridge route, I, I do think that they'll go with something like that. Where no, know, but that's what, that's where I'm saying. Do you think that's where the issue is? What's Could the be. point to a contract like that, really? Just so you get a big payout in your final year. Like, no, it's, it's the fourth year. It's the fourth year. So basically, the thing about this is with the Wierenski contract is he's still an RFA yeah. in in the fourth year, so he has to be qualified or he goes to arbitration. Right, he and has he has to, to hit the qualifying. Yeah. Which is $7 million. Well, they have to qualify. No, you, they have to qualify him to retain his rights. Yeah. If yeah. you don't qualify him, he becomes a UFA, right? So then he's guaranteed, basically, the same amount that he or greater of his last year. That's right. So, right? It could, so, so it could with be Ransky, seven million. It's seven million, right? So basically, it's almost like a four-year twenty-two point seven million at the end. So right? at the end of the at the end of the day, it's basically he signed a twenty-two point five million for four years. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. I remember reading something about so, it. Just gonna remember the exact breakdown of how that worked. Okay. Yeah. So Bob McKenzie that's... had a really good breakdown of it all on Twitter. Uncle and Bob. Like, when I when I first saw the Wierenski news drop, I was like, "Dang, okay, like they got him pretty cheap, actually." And then you see the structure of it, and I was like, "Ah, that makes more sense." Like, right. But for Wierenski, it doesn't so make a whole lot of sense for Columbus. So that's my question with Besser. Maybe they've agreed to do a bridge seven seven million. Maybe uh, what three or four three or four years seven million. They've agreed that, but they're fighting on the dollar figure per year. It could be because, like, I think if it was to float around the the seven mil annual average value, like the first couple years would be sub seven. Then, like. So that's six the... and a bit, six and yeah. a half, then se- like seven and a half or something for the last one. I don't know, something like that. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to pretend I'm an expert on it or anything. No, but it, but... it gives you it gives you a, a like a better perspective of why UFAs want large term at the beginning of their deal, whereas RFAs want large term at the end of their deal. It makes more. Yeah. yeah, totally. Well, and it, it's totally different negotiating between an RFA and a UFA. Like, uh, well, we're in 
we're all in a group chat with some other people, right? And one of the things that was being brought up, and I know we want to touch on Marner in a little bit, but don't get um, carried away. Was, I won't, but like <laughs> I'll promise. Uh, like one of the things that were, they were bringing, people were bringing up, uh, was that, uh, like in Marner's case, for example, he's a winger and he's a playmaker, and one of two of the things that uh, generally earns you a higher salary and teams are willing to spend more on is goals and centermen, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but this market's different. And this is, I think the reason why there's so many holdouts uh, and long, hard-fought negotiations this year is because there's a lot of wingers and elite-level wingers. And so the market is being set. A trend is being made and carved out this year for, for wingers. And it's funny because it was such a it was such a deep draft that year. And you Mm -hmm. know what's funny is because Pasternak signed a year ago, like early. He signed early, right before he went to even RFA. Yeah, yeah. But he he signed a discount deal, man. Like yeah, he did. Six six something, six two five something in that. And you know what? He's so humble. He's so humble. He's like. Uh, I could be playing in the Czech Republic for like $20,000. He's like, I'm just happy to be playing hockey. He's so humble. And I feel like some of these RFAs need to take a little bit of heat, like a piece of his pie. Like, man, he, he's just, he is an example of the perfect RFA. Pasta needs to invest from some of that. Perspective. Yeah, from a team perspective. Pasta needs to invest some of his money, though, on putting some dang hockey tape on his stick. Have you seen his tape job? Yeah, but are you Maybe that's why you're so deep with it. (laughs) I know, but it's so cringeworthy. See, I want to kind of riff a little bit off of, like, the perfect RFA, right? Like, I find it so funny when people take, and I said this in the earlier today, too, is I find it so funny when people take it personally when players want to get paid, Right? They're the they're the reasons why we're going to games. We want them on our team. Like every, there's 30 other teams that are willing to pay them. So a player wanting a couple, few extra million on his contract is the bad guy. When a team that is worth billions with an ownership that's worth billions, yes, there's a salary cap, but they're worth billions. They have the money to spend. Yeah, but I was right? just like, gonna say to counterpoint it. It's if anything, it's the salary cap. If you're gonna complain about people them not getting paid what they're worth, I wouldn't blame the teams. I'd blame the people who decide to put a salary cap on. In a sense, is it better for the well, league? Game? Absolutely, but it is. Yeah, you there's know, ways around it though. Like, look at how many times people will do the the huge signing bonuses and stuff, right? Yeah. Oh, for sure. Like, there's still ways for these mega wealthy teams. I don't think it's Toronto. To get their guys signed. I don't think it's any the player's fault in any situation almost to get paid the most of his money. His he could break a leg tomorrow and never be the same again. Yeah, exactly. You, you, well, like, you go I, out there I and you get what you're in terms of like, you know, if it was me going to my job and I was negotiating a contract to do what I do, right? And they were like, okay, you're you're worth this much. Uh, would you sign this contract? And I know that I can get better. Why would I take that contract? Right? If you know that you can get better, why not? Yeah. 
right? And I think uh, more and more players are thinking like that. And there's um, there was an interesting quote that an agent said. I don't I don't remember if it was ever specified which agent said this, but that you know this generation of young stars are are more willing to say no than other previous generations. Right? Yeah, We've but it's so used to that. It's also kind of like classic millennial in a sense that it's like these guys are oh i had one good year or two good years pay me like i'm the best player in the league and they get paid and then all of a sudden they pit, they're gonna pit her out like they're yeah, but i don't think anybody's afraid that marner's gonna pit her out no you know, i know like... i know i know we're talking about marner and it's a terrible example but like do you right. think all how many nine nine rfas or something like do you think all of them are worth like seven to ten like million dollars no, no no so that's the thing is classic lou lamorello like to just call out his player okay yep. like he got you know what's funny about that that was a deep draft and that guy uh what's his name again uh Z- Z- uh Zal- zalka no oh zasha you're zasha. talking about ray shiro Oh, was it Ray Shiro? I yeah, New Jersey. Yeah. New oh, Jersey. yeah, yeah. Sorry. Oh, yeah, sorry. It was uh, Ray Shiro. He he called yeah. out his his guy. And the next and day he signed. The next day he signs, <laughs> and it's and it's funny because that was a deep draft, and that guy was picked sixth overall. Yeah, I know. Like and to think who got picked. He's a good player, but he's him? not. Like yeah, he was thirteen goals and twelve assists in sixty-five games last year. And let's be honest, thirteen goals is thirteen goals. Like, still yeah, pretty yeah. good. I mean, it's but he's, he's a good checking but, center. Oh, right. But but Shiro was saying, like, what are you doing holding out? Like, you literally got 25 points last year. Like, we don't give a crap if you sign yeah. here. You got your rights. Yeah, We have your rights. <laughs> like, yeah. like, you're not going anywhere. Sign your $2 million deal and play hockey. Yeah. yeah. I like it. Um, if you want to play in the NHL, we got your rights. Sign the deal or get out. So speaking of, this actually ties in really well, of players going overseas, I found it interesting that Goldobin tweeted that he wanted to play in Vancouver and he's glad he got signed, but that he had KHL offers. Mm-hmm. I, I thought yeah. that was I'm interesting. I'm not surprised. Yeah. Not surprised. Surprised. Sean, you were surprised? No, I said I'm not. I wasn't surprised. Oh, oh. no. Yeah, like he's a, he's a good, he's a, He's a great Russian hockey player. Like, he would fit in the KHL really well. But, I mean, like, seriously, if a team with a Tiger as their team pet offered you a contract, I mean, I would accept. (laughs) Definitely make it a little bit more of a uh, nervous negotiations if he was in the room. But Oh, right? um... Like, if a Tiger's looking at you, he's like, oh, I'm signing with us? And you're like, oh, God, maybe I am. I think I, yeah, I think I'm signing with you. One thing I really liked out of that, though, was, you know, the com- the buy-in. And Green has touched on it um, in his media um, statements and in the last little bit here about the buy-in, that we need buy-in. That's the only way to build that winning culture. into. And at this point, that's the most important thing, right? Yeah. Goldobin, to me, showed that by, you know, staying patient, waiting all summer for that contract from Vancouver, knowing he had offers on the table right now to play in the KHL. He'd be playing right now in the KHL. 
And so he oh, had to wait yeah. and just know that, you know, hope that Vancouver was going to sign him because that's where he wanted to be. And I love that. Erickson's he, year. He must have known because they must have been like talking. So he. he well, I'm sure they were negotiating. Yeah. He wasn't like, I'm sure he wasn't just it. blind faith, but I like that, you know, he wanted to be here. Eric yeah. could have pulled a tree amkin and just. And he's been working out. Like, you can tell on Instagram, he's been putting in some. We don't know how much work, but we know he's been putting in some good work. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I want to see a big year from Goldie. I, I think he's so, got it in. So, so, what's a big year for, like, 20 goals? Oh, that'd be an enormous year. Um, yeah, I was like, I'd be whoa. happy with, like. I'd no, be happy no, I'm with, asking. Like, I'm asking. So I'm asking, what's a big year? What's a successful year for Goldie this year? See, I think it's hard with Goldie because you don't measure it with goals, right? Like he's he's a playmaker first. So if you got like but ten not... goals and like thirty points, I'd be like, yeah, that's great depth. I don't Scoring, think Green. Great. I don't. I don't think Green would be happy with that. Why not? I I just don't. I don't. If Goldie gets, I see 30... him in a top nine role though. That's the thing is I don't picture him playing top line with well, PD and Besser all year. I right? think so. But... That's where my projections come in. I think he's got to hit forty points. He was yeah. on pace. He had he played sixty one sec sixty three games so... last year and had yeah. twenty seven points. I want him okay, to replicate so that fair. pace over a full season. I want so to get seven goals, twenty assists. I want to see, you know, seven? twelve. Yeah, he had seven goals. I want to see twelve or thirteen, and like twenty-seven, twenty-eight assists. So I think he needs forty points with that, with, with fifteen goals. Yeah, having having a better idea of what his last year's numbers are, I, I would agree with that for sure. And I think he's so got think, it. In, so, he's got it in and, home. And I think it. we're all on the same page with that. Um, yeah. I just want to know what you guys thought. Yeah. Successful season. I think him. that would be a successful season if he is on the pace he was last year, and turns it over an eighty-two game in season. And honestly, if he only hits like thirty-five points, whatever. I want to see his defensive game round out. Yeah, I feel like that's his biggest issue at Green is he will just make the odd bad blunder. That you just yeah. like you put your hands up in the air and they go on your head and you're just like, what are you doing? I feel like he has yeah, those exactly. once every four Couple to five games. games. He just yeah. has a big, what was that play moment? I want that reduced to like one in every fifteen to twenty, because that's what's going to well, get the confidence the... of the coach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and I think to a certain extent, you just got to let him play, right? Because well, he's be a young sport. player, he's going to make mistakes. Like Absolutely. Ben Hutton, even after he started playing the full year, right? Like he wasn't flawless by any means. No. Like there was definite holes in his game. There's definite mistakes and blunders that you just shook your head at. And you're like, this is why you sat out all year. <laughs> you know? Like, uh, Man, so how, I, is, I think how is he Oban not signed out. in Montreal? How is Hutton not signed in Montreal right now? Because they signed uh, Sherrod. I think he will. No. No. They tried to get no. Gardner still. Well, it's Gardner, a little bit different. And I think that... Oh, we'll talk about that later. I don't want to get off topic with the Canucks. Yeah. I'll ramble on about that. We'll meant bring it up in the Gardner section. Um, Vertanen, okay. he knows that he's fighting for a spot in the quote he said today. Uh, thoughts on that? I thought it was actually very interesting that he real he admitted 
that he knows he's in a position where he could lose his spot. I love it. That I want to see like, some fire yeah, in his belly. I want to see fire. Because... I want to see fight for him, man. So we just talked about what would be a successful season for Goldie. What is a successful season for Vertanen? 20 shotguns. 20 shotguns. <laughs> I'm going to say, I'm going to go on the more conservative side and, side and say 15 or well, anywhere north of 15. I'd be happy with 15. And then uh, just more well-rounded points, play, like be noticeable. Yeah, make, get points. You know, drive the play. Like he's got, he's never going to be like a full play driver. But just be, like, I want to see him flying down the wing. I want to see him taking shots. I want to see him laying the body on guys. That's when you know that Bertanen's on his game. I don't. Like think... I want when he steps on the ice that people notice him. I don't think Bertanen's issue is going to be scoring at 15 goals in 70 games last year. He's got to get more apples. He's got 10. Yeah. yeah. He had less points than Goldobin last year. Yeah. In more games. Like, he's got to be more... He's got to be able to make his line better, not just by scoring, but helping his line finish. So, As well, well I, I think, think if he's doing I, those things... By, I think like, they're expecting... I think they're expecting 35 to 40 points out of him. Like, as a... Okay, you did a good job. Yeah, I got him at 40 if he points. Wants to... Yeah, if he wants to keep his job, he's going to have to be. I think he needs 20 goals and 15 assists to to be considered a successful season. Yeah, but... It, it, yeah, I, I think any if combo he, that gets him to 40. If he only ends with 15 goals, again, I can live with it. 15 goals is 15 goals. I just want... Is... I need to see his production around him. Like, I just need to see him assisting everyone else and not just being spoon-fed the pocket and getting the goal. Yeah. Like, I know he's well, more of a me, scorer than a playmaker, so he's going to score yeah. more goals, and that's fine. But 10 assists is pretty weak. Like, how many of those, like, come on, like, you should be able to get 10 secondary assists by just could you, could by you playing imagine, a full season. Could forward. you imagine yeah. if, if Bess, say, just hypothetically, the, the whole Besser thing is, like, you know, still being negotiated, and... Vertanen starts the season with Petey, and they have chemistry, and all of a sudden he's the 30-goal scorer? That's Vertanen's dream, honestly. I mean, maybe he hopes Fesser holds out a couple games. Yeah, and you he's know, all of a sudden at five goals, five games. No but, Canucks fan wants it, but Vertanen's no. like, hmm, if I could make myself look a little bit better. Not, yeah. not saying that's his intention at all, I'm just spitballing. Yeah, that's, that's a, that's to I me, Vertanen, like, even... The the whole goal with Vertanen is, is to be a consistent depth scoring option, right? So, like, to me, he needs to bring more than just scoring to the table. Like, if he can bring that that pace of play where he just flies on the wing, he lays the body, he's hard on the forecheck, he gets pucks towards the net, those points are just going to come and they'll be there. But he's going to be a force on the ice, like, I, when I think about what I want him to be, I think about Michael Furland in that Calgary yeah. Vancouver series, right? Where he was just a wrecking ball. He wasn't necessarily just blowing us away on the scoreboard, but he was so noticeable on every part of the ice that when he hit the ice, you're like, okay, where's Jake? Right? Yes. And that's what I want is where's Jake? Exactly. And, and I like, I don't know if he'll become that, but he has all the, 
like all the pieces there to be able to put that together. He's got a big body. He's got lots of speed. He's got a decent shot. You know, he he likes to make that move towards the net. I I like that. If he can keep putting that together, it's going to end up working. Yeah. Um, anything else you want to mention on this? Vertanen situation just before I move on to my next topic. No, I think we've uh, we've covered it good. Okay, so mm-hmm. Vertanen, Goldobin, we hope can improve, get a couple more goals. You know who's not gonna score goals? Sutter. Nah. Sutter. He knows his role. Listen to this quote: "We have a group of top six guys, and the rest of us will fill out the rest of the lineup." Obviously, dude. For me, mm-hmm. I want to come back and play the role I'm comfortable in. Okay, great. Step it up and be a third C. But this is the best part. We'll leave it to Petey and Brock to score all the goals. Is that not <laughs> yeah. just the worst thing you could possibly say? I read say? that and I just shook my head and put my phone down. You just told... Like... 30 other teams that when you're on the ice you're not a you're not trying to score goals you're not a threat at all like roll over and die man like no one's expecting you to the team he's you know the the whole vision of the team is to have a top nine nine not a top top six or top two (laughs) like two as in two people like that's not like you know what he he just said he just told the entire league, hey guys, my, my Corsi is going to be really yeah. bad. And, <laughs> and I accept that. And I expect all of my face-offs to be in my own zone and lose 50% of them. Like, you just See, told... this is what I want oh. him to do on the second part of this quote. What is your role? What do you do well, Brandon? Like, you don't, you're not this elite defensive forward where it's like, okay, we got Philip Deneau. Maybe he's not chipping in all the goals, <laughs> but, you know, he's locking stuff down and he's getting the face-off wins. That's great. Underrated guy. Clearly not uh, an offensive threat, apparently, at all. Apparently, he, he thinks that all the people that they signed and brought in, they're just all depth wingers and forwards. Like, so the PD and Bester could score all the goals. This quote I'm frustrated. This, I see that. I'm frustrated. This quote doesn't make sense. Teams win through depth scoring. Everyone, every team has a top line that can score goals for the most part on a regular basis. It's yeah. the depth guys that push you to get those extra points so the Canucks aren't just scoring two goals a game. It's the depth guys that are scoring goals late in the playoffs. When in those overtimes, when guys have been out there for so long, you've literally just told the whole world that you're not planning on scoring goals. Like in the so last what are you fifteen do? years, in the last fifteen years, the fourth line, the third and fourth line have won you the Stanley Cup. Absolutely, the first and second line get you through the first three rounds of the playoffs. Fact, like absolutely, those guys get you through it. But you know who wins you this cup is the fourth line, man. The fourth the Pascal line, Dupuis the... and the Max yeah. Talbots. Like those guys. Yeah. Who oh, was the guy? Oh. La- I can't remember his name. 
the guy last last season for San Jose. He was I he he was a rookie or like a new guy on the team. He didn't play much. There was something in overtime, like it was his second shift in overtime in like a nineteen minute period or like Oh yeah. yeah something yeah, yeah. like oh, that. Shit. And he went and scored the goal, like game winning goal because he it only his... played like a minute or like thirty seconds of overtime or something at that point. It was his second shift. I remember yeah, yeah I know what you're talking about. But that's about. what I it... mean. Like depth guys it was Kevin score Ke- clutch. Kevin Le, uh, LeBlanc, they got it signed for like no money this year. What? It was a LeBlanc. Yeah. I don't, was it LeBlanc? No, I, I don't think it was LeBlanc. No, was it? No. LeBlanc's no? a bigger role. I, I can't like remember a, right now. Yeah, I can't remember. I thought it was Kevin. Oh, I thought it was for uh, sure. Maybe. Um, but, yeah. But yeah, the guy, the guy had, he had like well, 40 seconds of ice team. Like, like he was he he was fresh legs. You gotta get those fresh legs on the ice. Barclay, See, for me, good row. Yes, that's it. Okay, for me, the Sutter quote is frustrating because if you look at the body of work that Jim put together this summer, he is clearly pushing to have a top nine. Yes, a scoring three lines. It's even and in a his grinded out fourth line. He's even yeah. He's even flat out said. We need top nine forwards to be scoring forwards. So does Sutter think Brandon he's on the Sutter, like he just, well, I think he just came out with like, I don't know, a block of ice after last season. So right after the puck was packed up and everybody un- emptied out their lockers, they just cryogenically froze Sutter for the entire summer. Mm-hmm. Bought him out just before the interview, and he's like, "Yeah, you know what? We only have Petey and Fess, and that's our two guys, and everybody else is just plugs, including myself. So <laughs> we're just grinding it out for uh, he's like, me and, me and nine were, different he's like, bottom he's four. Like, he's like me and Louie. We know what's up. We're getting paid. We're going to Cabo in December. That's what's that's what's for sure about this season. This quote, I feel, is going to get memed on." Oh yeah. Well, but, it's already getting picked on as like he's he was called foundational. Like it was a big. Whip. Oh like, yeah. That was, that was a big whip. Like I'm not and expecting so, Sutter to come out and be like he's fighting for a top six role, expected to be on the top power play unit, expecting to score but thirty goals. You want to fight? Yeah, just show. <laughs> just this is literally rolling over and dying. I'm not expecting like, hey, to score. To I'm gonna try to defend. Here I am. You know what this reminds me of? Again, I'm going to use a Habs reference, but this was kind of Placanics in his last, like, year when he's much oh, older yeah. than Sutter is. We knew, like, yeah. Placanic was the 70-point days were gone. He's not going to really score you goals. But at least he was Sutter still... Sutter didn't some... have those. Yeah, and at Sutter least Placanic, have... you could still actually put up against a Crosby line once in a while and still shut him down while Dano was still not ready. Like, yeah, the exactly. thing is, Sutter's going to be shutting down, like, the other team's third line <laughs> he can't well, shut down any of the other team's top six you don't look boring. across the the boards and you see mcdavid pile over the boards and you're like all right brandon shut him down like you never you that would never cross your mind you're never like okay i'm gonna stick my slowest and most useless forward out there on the league's best players Sutter right now no, like Sutter right now doesn't have the skill to be in the top six. He doesn't have the attitude to be in the top six. The only thing he has that makes him a top six player is his pay right now. Mm-hmm. It's just 
oh, I can't believe he would come out and say that. It's just mind-blowing. Literally just waving the white flag. Being like, when I'm on the ice, your goalie can just, like, take a breather. Well, it's going to be interesting <laughs> in camp because there's there's kids that are coming up that want that spot. They Absolutely. want job. That third-line center Adam spot. Got Adam got out wants his job. Yeah. yeah. Well, and if it's not him, it's Zach McEwen. You know, there's there's guys that want that job. Oh, 100%. Vertanen wants that job. So. <laughs> yeah, okay. I mean, he'll be on Why the Why couldn't wings, Sutter yeah. come out and say what Vertanen said? So, interesting thing about the whole, yeah. like, the whole top, not, like, we want three scoring. JT Miller is a center. We could just throw him mm-hmm. third line center. It, it's an, it's been an option on Twitter. It's been an option in some articles. It is an option. And I really like the option, to be I honest. I do like the I like the option. You know, I didn't like it when we first traded for him. I was like, oof, we just gave up a first rounder for a third line center. Like, yeah, I, I, I still just, am oof on that, but I yeah, still like now I, that we've got him. <laughs> yeah, now, now yeah. that he could he could play first line left wing or he could play third line center. Now I'm okay with it. <laughs> Yeah, I'm still oof like, on it. I don't think it's worth the losing a winger. Uh, so like for the top six, I don't like him in the third seat because then I think Besser okay, is our so only true top thing. six winger at the moment besides Miller. Furlan's like a two, two, like a. I would say he's Furlan's a, there. Furlan's like a middle so, six, to be fair. Yeah, which is okay. Yeah. So my thing is, if you put Miller in the middle. And he put Goldie and Bertanen on his wings. That's a, that's pretty, a, sweet good, line. That's okay. a pretty sweet option. And then that's who's pretty... in the top four for wings? You got Besser, Furland. Yeah. Furland. And uh, probably Berchi. And Pearson. Uh, and, and Pearson, Pearson with Bo. Or yeah. So 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 say you got say you got um Berchi, uh Bo and Pearson, and then you got Furland, uh PD and Brock. And then you got Goldie, um, uh, JT, and Jake. I mean, I'm a, that's the I'm, thing that I like about this summer is that honestly, you could just take all these guys, put them in a big blender, and people. Would <laughs> I honestly, yeah, that's plausible. See what happens. I honestly think and, Green to start the season is just going to have a like a black hat, and he's just going to put names in. He's going to pull three yeah. of them out and be like, "That's your line for tonight. Go." But that's his coaching style too, and I think he's excited about oh, yeah. that. No one's more excited like, than him because he's like, "Wait, I can put more wingers with Bo? That's yeah. awesome!" Hundred like a winger with Bo. <laughs> God, <laughs> <that> poor guy. <laughs> oh man, it's, nobody's been expected to haul more with less than I know Bo Horvath. I want you know him. what? I, I want I, him I so want... badly to do good, like to actually get quality want... wingers. Like I want, I want Bo to have the same winger for like fifteen games, and Bo be like, "Yeah, by the way, in those fifteen games, I got forty. So please let me have the same winger." Yeah, <laughs> I do want to see him blow up now. That yeah, he would it be better would wingers? When it's about like ninety points, like like Patrice Bergeron style, like just. I mean, he has the potential to do well both offensively and defensively. Actually. Like kind of a side point, but during the NHL and NHLPA media uh, tour, people asked uh, Jonathan Taves, which young player do you 
kind of admire the most? Like, which one is kind of catching oh, your And he said Bo Horda. Yeah. No then, way, I did, like that. Oh, and, and I did, think, uh, honestly, that it's because he probably sees a lot of himself in Bo. 100%. Right? Like, and did you see what Bo said that about that quote? No, I didn't see that. Bo today came out and said that's really inspirational as Taves is one of those players I look up to. Yeah. I hope I really hope that Bo doesn't have a pair of Toronto Maple Leafs pajamas. No, no, he doesn't. No, no, no. no. <laughs> no he doesn't. Toes. Taves, not Tavares. Not Tavares. <laughs> oh, Oh, sorry. Yeah, not not that JT. Yeah, other JT. Oh, JT. You know the one that we're all of a sudden like kind of gushing over because they both admire each other, but they play for Chicago. So you're like, Ugh, this feels weird. Gross. It's like this weird Romeo and Juliet. But, but it's funny because he's always inspired to be like him, eh? Uh-huh, he's a, yeah. he's a, he's always oh, quoted, yeah. well, quoted well, him as like like the player that he tries to be like. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I mean that's. That speaks a lot to the type of person and player that Bo is, right? That not only is that the type of player that he picks out and wants to emulate, but that that's the player uh, that is looking at him and and seeing himself, right? So, uh, yeah, I mean, I'd be thrilled to see Bo Horvat turn into like a power forward version of Jonathan Caves. (laughs) <laughs> All right, power so, forward version. <laughs> I love it. So we got about 20-ish or so minutes till we're at the hour mark here, so I want to start just hitting on some other topics around the league. Gardner finally yeah. signed. Went to Carolina. $4.05 million for four years. Thoughts? Because I think that's a steal. My it thought is. is... My thought is... So he gave up money to... to he didn't want to play in a market where there was more, like more than one media player, like media, like one. Sarah Kim is the only one allowed to talk to him. Yeah, like literally, <laughs> like, contract. Jake, like the only person interviewing him, and he's gonna be like, "Yeah, this is good. I like this." Yeah. Like I feel like, well, well, we know he got offered more money for Montreal. More money, mm-hmm. one year less. So apparent. Okay, so this is what I've heard. At the very beginning of the season, even like before, like July first, Montreal yeah. offered a three-year, five point two five million, so fifteen point seven five million. Carolina's works out to sixteen point two over four, so more money per year, one less year, blah blah blah. You can decide what's worth it. He was like, "I'm gonna wait out my offers and like see what I get." Then a few so days my- later, one sec. Then a few days later, Montreal is like, okay, I can't wait on this. We need a left defenseman. So they went out and got Sherratt. And that's where the Sherratt signing came in. Now, I still believe they were after him even after the Sherratt signing. But they were in a position where they couldn't go through the summer not upgrading at least. At least getting a middle pairing left guy on that. Because as of last year... Mete was playing way above his league. Kulak was actually playing surprisingly well, but if Kulak's ain't going to be able to repeat that, who knows? And they had guys like Riley and a couple other guys that just, some nights they look great, some nights you're like, what are they doing? So they had to go out there and just get a stable guy that they know could play night in, night out. And that's what they did. So here's the thing, is like 
the Toronto media was hard on him. Ruthless. Well, he got booed off the ice. The fans. Yeah, the yeah. fans booed him off the ice multiple times. Oh, so, Montreal, like, I love Montreal. Like, it's going to be no different. Good. It's no different. So, say he goes out of the gate and has 10. Say he even actually. No. Scratch that. Say he has 18 points in 25 games. Like, he has a good start. But then he has three bad games. Lots of turnovers, no points. He's minus three each game. They're booing him. They're Absolutely. booing him. In the, they're booing him. And he's right back where he was. And then that's a really long three years. Yeah. Like, that's mm-hmm. going to be a long three years. Whereas he goes to Carolina for four years. He has, I don't know, 30 points all year. No one really cares. He's like the middle of the, you know, he's middle depth. Like he's top four or, or even bottom two. Who even knows? They got so many good deep prospects. Who, who, who knows? He's just having fun because only one reporter is saying, oh, you had a, you had a bad game tonight. And he's like, yeah, I did. They're like, yeah. Okay, uh, thanks for interviewing with us. Yeah, right? basically. He's like, he's like, thanks, I'm going to go home. Yeah. And, and no uh, one's going to run. Absolutely. Higgs Arena. And he's going to be like, yeah, thanks. Yeah, I love my life. Like In a long-winded way, I agree with you. Um, uh, I mean, in a much less long-winded way. Um, <laughs> you know, he, he took the deal for quiet, right? And, and yeah. that's that says a lot. I mean, he was. we all know that he was... Brutally underappreciated in Toronto, and I didn't like that he got booed attacked. There. No, no, and I, you know what? Anybody that actually like, you can see how it affected the team because the team didn't like it. You can see how it affected him. Like that affects you as oh, much absolutely. as you want to be a pro and all that type of stuff, and you gotta try to let it slide off your back, all that stuff. They all have feelings. Yes, at the end of the day, but they they're people, man. Like, how would you feel if you were out there? You know, do. Imagine you're at your job and some person, like, everybody just keeps showing up and booing you. Like, eventually that gets to you, man. Dude, I screw up at work. I screw up something and my boss yells at me and I feel like, crap, I can't imagine 20,000 people just in the arena not even looking at Twitter after and just getting blown up. Or or even being interviewed by TSN after and, like, people just roasting you. Yeah, so I on, I totally get it from his it. point. Montreal offered a fair deal. I just he yeah. didn't want to be in the market, and that's his yeah, that's his play. right as a player. Yeah, certain players you know are cut out to, and I'm not even going to say that he's not cut out to play in Canada because clearly he was. You know he played how, I think like seven or eight years in Toronto. You can't you don't do that unless you can you can handle it right. But if it's up to you and you get the option to leave ultimately what was a hellish season for him, right, with fans and media that were garbage to you, and you can go and turn over a new leaf and, and you know, with a competitive team as well, like it's not like he's going to Carolina and he's sacrificing being on a winning team. No, no, no. Right? Like, it's all wins for Jake Gardner. Well, I I think Carolina can get back to where they were last year, conference final. They just got better. Yeah. Well, the biggest thing, the only question mark, really, is their goaltending. Yeah. But if they have Mrazek 
Walsam pull another fantastic season out of nowhere, and Reimer give him some solid backup. But this team is actually so good defensively all around that even if they just get 9-12 goaltending, they'll be in at least a playoff position, like, fighting for it. But you you got to admit, 9-12 gets you a Vesna vote. (laughs) <laughs> That's true. I was trying to think of a way to work that in. And I... I, I'm sorry, I still like a founder. I was no, like, you mean they can contend with Markstrom? Um, I no, yeah, I agree. I think the best part of all this is if I went into this when I went into the season as a Habs fan, I would have never expected my the first game of the season to verse, be versus Carolina be so spicy. Right? Oh, Between Aho and Gardner and, and everything yeah. else. Oh my I'm, goodness. I'm I'm honestly like 2020 season, the best thing that can happen to the NHL is first round Montreal versus Carolina. It's the best thing that could happen. Oh, okay. Oof, it's that's, close. That's high praise. I don't but, know, man. I don't think no, so. No, the best thing for the NHL. Playoff-wise, hands down, will still be at least first half series. No, Leafs versus Boston. Oh, but Boston. you know you're in for Leafs versus Boston. Yeah, Obviously. Boston. That's... But on, if man. we're being real, literally Canada would, like, stop working. Because when was the last time the Leafs and Habs actually went at it in a playoff match? That Forever yeah. ago. Yeah. Especially if it was... I would love to see a Leafs-Habs series. That'd be... Well, West one, it would suggest that that Bruins are out in the first I, round, which I, I like. I, I, would, I would continue to work. <laughs> yeah, well, we yeah. all would, but, you know, like, for me, it's it would mean Bruins are out first round. I absolutely hate Boston. Like, and I don't even, I don't even, you know, try to hide it with anything. I hate that whole city when it comes to sports. I hate the Patriots. I hate the Red Sox. I hate the Celtics. I, like I hate I like all of it. All of it. One team. I like one team out of no. that whole city. And I, oh, I'm going to bring it up, man. I'm going to bring it up. Tom Brady, man. The Patriots. You can't be a Patriots fan. You're a Steelers fan. Yeah, you know what? No, I, That's I'm not, not No, you can't. No, no, that I'm actually just made me sick to my stomach here. No, no, no. Come back. Come back. Come back. I'm not saying I'm a Patriots fan. I respect Tom Brady as an athlete. Sure, he's I respect a... him too, but I hate yeah. him. I think yeah, he's I awesome. Feel... He's the ultimate. Let's move on before I, I just hang guy. this call up and end the podcast. Yeah, there. I agree. So let's talk about the other thing I hate, and that's talking about Martyr twenty four seven. So we're gonna uh, keep this uh, short because yeah. I don't want to ramble on. But Bob McKenzie like, tweeted li- out literally, literally one minute. That's one fine. What? That's fine. One minute. Bob McKenzie tweeted out that uh, Toronto has sent multiple offers with seven to eight year, seven or eight year deals in the eleven million dollar range. Now, Toronto, being Toronto, that could probably all be signing bonuses for the most part. So he's mm-hmm. essentially walk. He's essentially still arguing over a guaranteed seventy-seven or eighty-eight million dollar deal. Mm-hmm. I understand he might want a shorter deal because of like the yeah. the CBA changing possibly or um, TV. Well, that, but like seventy seven or eighty million dollar guaranteed. 
It's the TV deal. That's what's causing all this problems right now is the TV deal. Well, it's a little bit more than that, too. Like with the CBA, if they end up going into renegotiating it, it could be escrow, and players hate escrow. That That is a big issue. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, if you get into a position where now escrow gets solved in a way that's a lot more positive for players, the TV deal ends up raising the salary cap. Yeah, to $100 million Stuff like in that. three years, basically. Yeah, like, I, that's huge. I totally get that. Like, but at the same time, even if... If the last, like right now at $11 million, he's overpaid. Let's say by year three or yeah. year four, it's fine. And by, say, year six, seven, and eight, it's a steal. Mm-hmm. Don't you think this whole argument over all this crap is just throwing away any endorsement money he could be making right now? To If so, if year six, seven, and eight did look like a steal, he could be, he could just make up for it with all this endorsement, though? Because right now, he's like public enemy number one in Toronto. Really? I know, like, there's some people on Twitter, man, that are, like, they're they're Toronto fans, and I'm like, whoa, how are you a Toronto fan? <laughs> like, <laughs> Well, and I don't get it, because, you know what, like, if they're, I think about it, like, if, if Besser was in the same situation where he was wanting maximum, like, top dollar, and we don't even know if that's necessarily the case. We don't really know what's going on with Marner, right? There's so many rumors, like, Okay, he wants this much money. Oh, they offered him that much money, but he said no. Okay, so it's not that. Is it term? Is it short term, long term? This much money, that much money he wants. You know, like there's there's so many things out there that I think people have attributed all the rumors as true, and that all of them Marner shooting down because he's greedy. And that narrative, I think, needs to end. For and it will. Like we were talking to. I reference again the same conversation we were having earlier with the Maple Leafs fan, but like this whole endorsement thing, he's gonna get those. Like he's not losing endorsements right now. You don't think he is? Right? No. no, you don't think he. If I turn on the TV, there's still like or like af- uh, yeah iPhone commercials with Marner and Matthews, and there's all that type of stuff. Team like. All these brands and stuff aren't going to drop him because he was negotiating a contract and a few people got took it personally. Like, you you don't think that Marner is going to sign, score one goal, and have everybody cheer and be back on Marner bandwagon again? Depends. I like, think that's it, what I, I think. think. I think it depends on the season. I think the issue with this contract in particular is he just went. He jumped up on twenty five career points this year. And everyone is like, okay, well, is that actually how good he is? Or did JT, like, make him look really good? And Marner's like, I don't care. Pay me for this one season for the next eight. Where I... Well, and that's the thing, too. He did that. He did this in the best league in the world. Like, Toronto's a good team. Like, it's not like he... And Tavares is a good player. But Marner was a good player in his own right before he got there. He's a 60-point guy. Like, punishing... Pedersen because he's playing with Besser and Besser played good before he got Pedersen. So here's the question is if PD puts up 90 points next year, are we having this conversation in a year about PD? Here's what I'm saying. I'm saying every RFA is getting overpaid. Oh yeah. I agree. Well, that's the thing, right? Is because the market's inflated right now. I mean, there's multiple factors for why that is the case. 
ultimately I, I go back to what I said earlier and and that the reason is because the market hasn't been set yet for these type of players. Yeah, right? but it was like it was a good draft. McDavid, year. Really Matthews. Draft year. Yeah, but even beyond the draft year, right? Like McDavid and Matthews are centermen, right? And that market has long been set, right? That you pay to, premium for guys that are centermen and can score. You know, you have John Tavares that kind of also set the market a little bit. Well, in my, no, no. In my opinion, Leon Dreisaitl was the first overpayment. And that's where we all started down this road. But he's a steal right there. I mean, that's... How is that a steal, man? What? Like he, scored 50 goals. I've never heard him be called a steal. Right now no, he's he is, a steal. No. He is not a. You don't think a guy that's making eight point five million and scored over a hundred points last year is a steal? Ten, ten, ten. He's he's making. No, he's not. He's making eight point five. No, he's making eight and a half. Is he eight and a half? Eight and a half. He yeah. scored fifty goals. I, I wouldn't call him a steal, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't call, call him an overpayment. Fifty goals. He's just right where. Yeah, but he's playing does with he McDavid. Score... Yeah, hey, give score... me a hockey stick McDavid, and help me with McDavid. McDavid didn't score 50 goals last year. Literally two people scored 50 goals last year. Two. I know, but where do you think the puck's coming from to give him 50 goals? Yeah. Like, uh, like McDavid's a playmaker, right? Like, Absolutely. I don't know. Like, That's like Ryzen punishing Brock Besser for not... playing with Petey. Okay, holy. Situation. Calm down. Calm down. <laughs> Listen. He's neither a steal... Nor an overpayment. He's okay. exactly where he's supposed to be. That is what I said. Wow. Okay. He's exactly where he's supposed to be. This is getting spicy. Um, one thing I want to quickly say about Marner. Did you guys see the um tweet that came out? Um, it was a meme about it. It was like, it was um the office. It was like an office caption, and it's like when Michael Scott's running his own paper company, and Donovan oh, yes. trying to buy him back, and um, yeah. David Wallace is sitting there, and he's like. And it's like it has Kyle Dubas above it, and he's like, "We are, we are about, we are ready to present a very reasonable offer to you." And then it just, it goes over to Michael Scott with um, Pam Martyr. and them there, and yeah, it's Martyr and his agent and his dad, and it's like whatever reasonable offer you are about to accept, or you are about to uh, give us, we are going to decline. And David Wallace with the Kyle Dubas above is just looking at him like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> I'll retweet it after for everyone that follows. I think I might have already done it, but man, it was hilarious. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, it was good. So yeah. you don't think Aho set the market accepting the eight point five to the no for Sheeta? No, no, if that was I the don't. Case, all these guys would be signed. Yeah, that's the thing because he's a he was a low ball, but he accepted it. He was a low ball, but he yeah. still accepted. He but he wanted to play hockey. He doesn't. I think there's a, a certain... I mean, all these guys want to play hockey. But... No, 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 but I, I think there's some guys out here that are greedy. I'm not saying Brock's greedy. I'm not saying... Well, I mean... Marner, I mean, I think, Mar uh, I think Marty is a little I think his greedy. dad's greedy. <laughs> I think, uh, do we got... Uh, we got... Uh, what was the basketball player? Uh, Lil, uh, Lil, uh, Ball? What's his, what's his oh, first name? Yeah, yeah. It, it's almost Lonzo. like the... Yeah, Lonzo Ball in, yeah. The, in the hockey world. Like, that's what this is. Well, and I think so much is being overblown on this. And maybe I'm like, I don't know. I, I find that I'm way, I have such a 
different opinion than everybody else on the Marner situation. Is everybody's like, holy Marner's so greedy and Marner's this and Marner's that. No, dude. Like this is this is contract negotiations. We went yeah. through this literally last year with the same team with William Nylander, and everybody was, oh man, Willie Nylander is garbage. Like trade on, he sucks. Yeah. He doesn't want to play I, for us. I, get rid I, of I him. I like, think we just get more hungry every year for hockey. <laughs> Personally, like I feel come like, on. like I'm so hungry to see NHL hockey right now. And I the think the character all... of different players, like yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> you know, they're just trying to get paid. <laughs> yeah. like, I don't blame them. Yeah. You know, like oh, man. good on them. I hope he gets paid. You know, one because I don't like Toronto. So if he gets paid massive bucks, then. They're probably hoop long term cap wise. Don't don't, that's don't fantastic. worry. They'll be out in the first round. It'll be fine. Yeah, that's yeah. the only good. That's the only good thing Boston's for is to shut up Toronto media. Yeah. Yeah, but then they keep going. <laughs> they, keep, they, <laughs> they just don't stop. stop. <laughs> okay. It feels um, like Toronto's the only one who can stop them, and then they they mow through them. I just want to hit these couple final points before we wrap up here because I find them pretty interesting. Um. Michael Stone and Calgary got re-signed for 700 I went to my boss and I was like, uh, can you call 911 because the Calgary Flames just committed a crime? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was hilarious. I'm just like looking at this at first and I'm like, wait. Like, you can't do that. Is that a <laughs> yeah. No, at first I was honestly like, is that a Another Michael Stone? Yeah. Another, like, oh, you thought there was like a duplicate Michael Stone? <laughs> I was like, wait, did they, did they, uh, like, did they get Stone from Vegas? Yeah, I was honestly like, Mark Stone? No, Michael. Wait, didn't they have a Michael Stone? <laughs> did they bought what? I'm like, I'm like Googling different ways to spell Michael. <laughs> <laughs> so, what Just happened? like Berlin's name. So, what happened here? Um, Michael Stone got bought out by the Flames. Then they mm-hmm. suffered that injury on defense to a player that I can't pronounce, so I'm not going to say yeah. his name. The Malamaki role. <laughs> yeah. So he suffered an injury, and then Calgary was like, well, we need defensemen, and they signed Stone. Now, there's rumors going around that they actually had to ask the NHL or something, but I don't think that's true because I I, it's that. only compliance buyouts that you can't do Correct. this for well and the NHL's not gonna cave and be like okay you can break the rules because one guy got hurt yeah like yeah it's called injuries every team's got them figure your stuff out without breaking the rules okay yeah. um but the thing was in the CBA like you had mentioned it's only compliance buyouts that uh, do not allow you to re-sign that player again yeah um so with the buyout that uh, Calgary used on Michael Stone, it was the type that they were able to then go and re-sign him. So what it'll end up doing is that for the first a year, Michael Stone will collect two paychecks per period. Yeah. And then on the second year, he'll collect one paycheck from them. So Michael Stone's so happy. You, I mean, he's got so, work and double so, paycheck. My question is, when when Michael Stones yesterday when he's sitting at home and he sees a phone call from <laughs> <laughs> that must like, have been an awkward. That? Was that an awkward yeah. phone call? Oh, absolutely. They're is like, it an awkward so... phone call though when it's seven hundred k worth? Nah, 
I'd be, I'd be like, yep, I'll come back to work. No it's, it's, it's a sign bonus. <laughs> They're like, hey, so we're going to pay you not to play for us, but we're going to play, we're going to pay you to play for us. He's like, so you fired me. He's like, me. so am I playing or not? Yeah, he's, like, so you, he's like, so you fired me and gave me a severance package, but now I get a signing yeah. bonus? Yeah. The best, yeah. The, the best meme to describe this one was the Spider-Man one where they're pointing at each other. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was literally this. I was like, I saw that and I'm like, yeah, this is this. <laughs> oh. And just when you think the day couldn't get any weirder, Shirelli gets hired as a consultant for St. Louis. What does that mean? Thank God. I I think they're honestly hired him, and they're like, Shirelli, what do you think we should do? Any less off things? And then St. Louis is like, okay, thanks. Then they go and have their own meeting, and they're like, so everything he said? Opposite. Opposite. <laughs> Opposite. He's like, trade Tarasenko right now. For No, he's like, trade Tarasenko for McDavid. And they're like, we're not going to do that. That? <laughs> no, that's too smart. That's too smart. It'd be like Tarasenko for Eric Goodbranson. Yeah. No. And then it'd be like uh, oh, hot, hot <laughs> time take. to trade O'Reilly here's, for. Here's here's my hottest take of the year. Eric Goodbranson oh, finishes next year plus fifteen. All right, let's get our final what? thoughts and wrap this oh, up. Back. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> 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 oh my God, that's. You know what? I hope somebody keeps that. Yeah, I hope it. Dude, I wrote it down. I wrote it down. You gotta tweet that. I'm tweeting it right now. There you go. Pin it. Um, Pin it because that's a bad. Random question about this: Where is Good Branson projected third pairing in Pittsburgh? Uh, He plays. Well, he plays with uh, uh, the that well the Pedersen kid that got traded from Anaheim. So that's second pairing. Second Marcus Peterson yet. Oh, sorry. Yes. Correct. I can? Never mind. <laughs> Never mind. Okay, so he's projected um, to play on that second pairing? I'm just curious. I didn't know who he was. For now. Okay. I guess. Okay. okay, we since we're talking about Pittsburgh just before, what do, what do you think I mean, Jess especially since you're you're a Pens fan, of the report that Malkin Wanted out oh, if Kessel I love was it. not traded. Okay, so here's the thing. Here's the thing about this. That so now Malkin's going back on that. That that was never said. I do believe of course. that was said. I I think yeah. it was said. So Kessel, hot dog man, like you know, you get a couple of hot dogs and you're mm-hmm. like, yeah, I like these hot dogs. These are good hot dogs. So you got two Stanley Cups sure. and he's like, you know what? You know what? I'm I'm good. Like his effort level was down and he was just kind of like, you know what? I got two cups. I'm good. Malkin recognizes this. Malkin wants more cups. Oh yeah. Malkin's a workhorse. So, so, so second hot take is are horrible, but Malkin, I don't think this year, but next year does another like 110, 115 points. I, I don't oh, think it's th- these are some wicked takes. You I know. I know, man. It's, not this year, but I think it's next year. He gets about 150 points. And so another thing about this is Crosby never gets involved in management decisions, but he said to management, it's me and Gino to the And that's why Kessel is no longer a penguin. 
Well, more, you, know, you, you talked, you touched on his, like Kessel's work ethic. That's well documented too, as being, uh, a hot dog for, right? Like, and that's, a, that's always been the case, even before the cops, even during the cop runs, he's just one of those kind of freak athletes where they do absolutely no training for the most part compared yeah. to everybody else. It's that kid in school that never an elite level talent. It's that kid in right? school that never studies for the test and gets an A and you can study your butt off and get a C plus. And you hate oh, that kid. I hated that I, kid. I had a I, body I, like that. Man, I always hated hold him. Hold on. I, I was that kid. <laughs> oh, I hated you. <laughs> I didn't study. Well, and, but when I did, I would know. still get a C plus. Yeah. Well, and like people hate that kid, and I think that had a little bit to do with it. Yeah, it was just that you see how hard Crosby and Malkin uh, train and compete, and they, you know, they they set the tone for the rest of the team that way. And then you have Kessel that's off doing his own thing, right? Like he doesn't really jive. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Like I think the, you know, the expectation, the pressure will be obviously a lot more cooled in the desert for him. But he'll be just kind of able to do his own thing. The weird part is that they want him to be in a veteran leadership role with this young team. So it'll be interesting mm-hmm. to see how that works for him. Yeah, it will be. And I think, you know what? I think he'll be okay down, like, with that coach down there, the assistant Rick, coach. Rick Tockett, yeah. Yeah, he really well, Tockett's the him. head coach down there now. Yeah. Oh, sorry. He was the assistant coach in Pittsburgh, and now he's the head coach in Arizona. And and he he really gets along with him. Like, really gets along with him. Um, I think, I think, you know, in my opinion, of course, uh, I think Phil gets thirty goals. Oh my God! These predictions need to stop. I mean, I do I do agree that that's very likely with that one. That these hot takes are going to get bad. (laughs) <laughs> no, I'm, 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 I'm sticking to these hot takes, man. Two years oh. down the road, when Gino gets 115, it'll be gold. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. The best story, the new story to come out of Pittsburgh was Galchenyuk showing up with two sticks. Yeah. And then Mulkin trying one and being like, oh, I really like pr- this stick. <laughs> and, now, and now Galchenyuk only has one stick. You know what's the best part is, like, Galchenyuk is like, I... I don't make as much money as you. Like, Not even give, me close. My, give me back my stick, man. <laughs> Malkin can't afford to go in and get the stick. Oh, okay. So watch Gino score like 70 goals with this one stick. Doesn't break it all year. <laughs> like, oh, man. Something just lights it up with Galchenyuk's Chenyuk stick. He the breaks best it, part of like, the trade was just Galchenyuk giving Gino his stick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, oh, any man. other topics you guys want to touch on here? Anything I've missed? Yeah. Um, so I, I'll I'll go first, Sean. Um, I got my so I got preseason tickets to Tuesday night, uh, September seventeenth. Oilers and Vancouver, uh, preseason. Um, well, I'm I'm not going to the Victoria game, and I'm not going to the Abbotsford. But I will be at the Ottawa Senators Vancouver, um, September twenty fifth, and then the next night Arizona, uh, Vancouver, um, the twenty sixth. So um, we'll have lots to talk about. Um, uh, is the, the Euler Vancouver one on a Monday? 
No, it's Tuesday. It's a Tuesday, okay. Yeah, so, uh, like, we'll have all three of these games to talk about that, that time. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. And, and, yeah, I'm going to go and uh, I'll t- I'm going to take lots of notes. And uh, I'm obviously going to have a call with you guys before that. Before we do our podcast about that, we'll do some rundowns. Mm-hmm. But um, I think my in-game experience will be very valuable to us this year. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And I hope that you guys can come to at least two games each with me this year. I want to do the Ovechkin yeah, one, Sean. I want to do Ovechkin. I, I would love to. Before yeah. the roads get bad. Roads. Yeah. We'll, we'll work on those for sure. Yeah. Uh, one thing that I wanted to talk about too before we go is uh, I dropped an article this morning on the Canuck Way. Uh, Dogs. It's yeah, yeah, it's a part two of what the Canucks can do to improve off the ice. It's the one that I mentioned it a couple of weeks ago. I finally dropped uh, this morning. Um, goes into five things that they can do to improve the fan connection, the fan experience outside of the in-game experience. Uh, so whether that be uh, as far as social media goes, online stuff, or just being present in the community and celebrating being in Vancouver. And it was really um, funny, Sean. Like, uh, it was really funny about this article. Just touching on the point of the social media aspect is like you're, like, no, 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 not the dogs. The social media yeah. part where you were like, they really need to improve their social media, and then they're like, hey, we're gonna go after Antonio Brown, Brown. <laughs> right? And I was like, see, this is the stuff that we want you to be doing, but we don't want you to do be like we want you to be doing this all the time, not just like. Hey, Antonio Brown. <laughs> like, that was awesome. That was, and it was you know what? It, that was their best tweet. It was their best tweet. And it was like, everybody on Twitter was like, what's going on? Like, this is an actual good tweet. We're like, the Canucks. Even, even Antonio Brown was like, this is a good tweet. Dear Vancouver yeah. Canucks, be he more like Carolina social media. Thank he you. He retweeted, man, Antonio yeah. Brown retweeted that and said, see you there. Yeah, I know. It was great. Does Antonio well, Brown have a chance mention... to break into the team? Find out next week. <laughs> uh, uh, we'll, we'll Third see line center his... role open. Well, we'll see how his legal uh, legal team works, but we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, like I, I kind of mentioned what you did, Nick, just then about you know be more like Carolina, Colorado, Vegas, New Jersey. They all have great social all the fun teams. teams. Yeah. And well, so, and, like, but they're lame teams in a way. Like they're lame teams, but they have fun social media. I don't like, know about that. Carolina, well, Colorado, Vegas. In in the past, in, in the past, in the past, minus minus Vegas. Get Vegas out of your mind. But like you think of, think of Carolina, in the last mm-hmm. ten years. They've been lame. Yeah. Pretty boring. Well, and I I agree. But like, see, the thing was kind of the whole idea of this series for, for me was these are things that every team should technically be doing, not just to like garner fans up if they're they don't have a whole lot and they're in like a like a you know, a lower tiered market. These are things that like I feel a lot of Canadian teams are taking for granted. You know, if you're Toronto, you're not worried about selling tickets to your games because they're gonna sell. Right? 
So yeah. I feel like you just stop trying to an extent. But how ravenous could you make that building? Right? For every game. Well, it could you be more ravenous. Ask Max. It could be more ravenous. Just ask, ask Max Domi. It's pretty quiet. He says. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, like, you can make the atmosphere of your games so highly coveted and such a great experience. You know, right now, it's kind of a lot of suits. Right? Yeah. And well, it's uh, always been that was the way, thing though. that I touched on. Yes, and I know. Like, like, no, they used to rock in, it at the Pacific Coliseum. Well, I'm, sorry, I'm just saying. Oh, no, I'm suits. talking Vancouver. But Vancouver no, is a very, yeah, it's a very corporate industry right now. And as a result, people aren't coming to the games. Mm-hmm. And I had a, a coworker recently say that, like, so, uh, one of his, like, good friends gets seasons, and you couldn't give those tickets away last year. Which... me which really hurt me like we need to sell that building out remember we were like top team in the league like sellouts happens when you suck for a while why would people pay to watch a team lose i mean like you can put it on the fans but for me i put it on the team because this team could be doing a lot more to spark that interest and to make it worthwhile to spend that money to sell out the the games right you're not going to reward mediocrity or uh, sucking right <laughs> to lose, you know for lack of a to be term. frank yeah like you know you're not going to be like okay you know what this is my hard-earned money i live in vancouver it's or i don't live in vancouver it's either way it's a really expensive thing for you to go to a game right generally you're yeah. not going to be like, you know what, I'm going to spend my hard-earned money to watch my favorite team just get blown out. Or consistently be so mediocre and boring. Like, you think about the Willie Deejit days? Those were boring oh, games. Dude, Like, man. I don't turn hockey Stand games off. I turned hockey games off during that period. Because it was boring. Legendary. Legendary <laughs> Jason Magna. Like, He's going up on the ring of so, honor. Sure. Okay, so I've already... Minutes ago, I already tweeted out Eric Branson finishes 2019-2020 season plus 15. I already got a guy saying not as deep of a reach, in my opinion. Oh my so oh I'm wrapping this up because this final thoughts is taking <laughs> forever, and you're Jesus. just going off on about this stupid topic. Um, I'm just gonna say I'm excited that preseason. We got training camp, preseason, all that's happening pretty quick here. Dog days are over. They're Dog over, are boys. Over. We're we're here, and we, we got big, we, and and just so everyone knows, we have big things coming. Big things, can't wait. Okay, everyone, thanks for tuning in this week. Uh, we will see you next week. Till then, have a good week. Thanks for tuning into this week's Area Fifty One Hockey Podcast. Hope to see you all next week. Till then, farewell.